Hi, welcome to Lisa Express Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Akunyili and I'm the lead therapist at the Lisa Express Consult. Today, I'm going to be helping us understand sex scripts and how they affect our sex lives. A script usually directs actions. When an actor comes on stage, they give them a script that says, oh, this is the character you're supposed to act. This is how this person is supposed to speak. This is the personality of this person and all the etc. A script guides how a person works. It guides how a person functions. Scripts sometimes can be very, very subconscious. We don't even know they are there until someone specifically mentions them. You're like, oh, is that what it is? You don't know why you do what you do, but it's mostly because you have a script tailored in that direction. So some of us have sex scripts that are quite incapacitating. Some of them make us lose trust. Some of them make us settle for less in relationships. And I'm just going to be picking out a few from our sexuality code class. Mind you, sexuality code is predominantly where we teach people the basics of sex, the understanding their basics, why they act the way they act, why they think the way they think, what has influenced the way they think, and etc. So, sex script one. Men usually need more sex. This perception is as old as can be. So, you see a lady think and act like, men can't ever be sexually faithful. So, if my man cheats on me, it's not a big deal. He's not supposed to be faithful. This sex script allows a man feel, well, considering the fact that men usually need more sex, one woman might not be enough for me. A man needs to have sex often, even if you are not in the mood. This is the sex script that guides some women that makes them pretend to like sex even when they don't. Even when they are not enjoying it, they pretend to have orgasms. You know why? Because they think, well, this man needs to have sex even if I'm not in the mood. He needs to and I must give it to him. So, technically, she comes to it like a chore or she comes to it like an assignment to mark something with him. Like, oh, you have it. You take it. So, she comes to it all the time like, this is not something I want. This is something you want. And this sex script guides why a man will say, oh, I want sex. You don't want it. You dare not tell me you don't want it. And he rapes his wife sometimes. This is a guiding sex script, perhaps for that action. Men usually need more sex. A man who isn't making sexual advances at you doesn't love you. And so you find teenagers and young adults getting into relationships and freaking out that their man isn't trying to make sexual advances at them. Because after all, a man is usually supposed to need more sex. So if he's not making advances on me, it means he's sleeping with someone outside. And so they have a trust issue with this person simply because this person is not constantly making sexual advances at them. Even though the person might just be executing a form of discipline or be saying, oh, I intend to abstain for a certain duration of time. Now that takes me to sex script. The repercussion of this ideology is the multiplication of hearts. Men keep getting forced to show their masculinity by sexual prowess. And when they don't meet up, esteem issues come up. So it was not unnatural when we were growing up to see boys who bragged about how many girls they slept with. Because they had been taught over a period of time that men are supposed to want sex. And sex was a proof of a man's maturity or masculinity. So eventually it becomes toxic on the men themselves because when they cannot sexually perform, they feel less of themselves. They feel less manly. This could also be seen in situations where a woman abuses a man by his sexual ability. 
you this impotent man, you this, you that. Because she expects a man to need more sex than she does. So if she needs more sex than him, it means the man has a problem, which is not true. It's not factual. Now let's go to sex script two. Sex is only when the penis enters the vagina. This is another popular misconception. However, it is also a sex script. It is constantly believed that when the penis doesn't enter the vagina, especially in heterosexual relationships, that it is not sex. But that's not true because there are other kinds of sex. This is something with young people. Our cultures, faith, and sometimes upbringing says don't have sex. So in an attempt to convince ourselves that we are not having sex, what we do is we redefine sex. So let's say according to religious belief or according to parental upbringing and everything, says, oh, do not have sex with a boy. If you have sex with a boy, there was a time when there was this funny thread among teenagers where they tell teenagers that if a boy puts his penis inside your vagina before a certain age, his penis will hook inside. And so out of fear that they've laid a curse on you or out of fear that your parents said you shouldn't or out of fear what might possibly be, you decide to go try anal sex or try oral sex. But what we also do not understand stand in those particular situations is that we don't necessarily avoid all the complexities that come with sex for example stis and stds if someone has sores in their mouth it means it's possible for them to get infections in their mouth if this other person is sexually infected they could transfer it to you by their body fluid we don't calculate all of those things because in our minds sex is only when the penis is in the vagina so if i can dodge that then i didn't have sex or if the penis doesn't enter the vagina i won't get pregnant but what we also do not understand is that we might expose ourselves to grave danger all right so that's another script that is possibly affecting us the implication of this sex script too is that when people get molested and it doesn't get to intercourse they disregard the abuse because well it was not sex but that's not true if a man forces his penis into your mouth, it's abuse. If a boy forces his penis into your arms, whether it's a boy to another boy, a boy to another girl, however it happens, it's abuse. Whether it was an unsuccessful rape or it was any form of sexual assault or an unsuccessful rape, it is still sexual abuse. It was still sex attempted. We can't keep disregarding it because we think it's not sex. We keep disregarding molestations and abuse because we feel, well, the penis didn't enter the vagina. Also, when we make out with people, we deny the implications of our actions. We deny the potential consequences. Potential consequences such as vulnerability to STI, like I had already mentioned, and the other effects that are not pregnancy-related. The only consequence from sex isn't just pregnancy. There are other things you could be exposed to. So you want to be careful. Don't say, oh, because the penis didn't enter the vagina, then I'm safe. I can go ahead and do anything I want. That's not particularly correct. Now, this also prompts us to trivialize intimate moments because it's not sex. We kiss and tell we are non-committal and nonchalant because we think, well, it was not sex. So we can just go ahead and mess around with this person and think, oh, it doesn't, uh, we didn't have sex now. So it's not particularly a a thing i'm um, especially when the other person is committed to you you go ahead and make out with someone else and feel um, i didn't have sex with them now but you made out with them you still cheated on your partner especially if you are in a committed relationship you can't afford to make out with someone else and come back home and be like uh we just made out it's not just make out you're sharing their sex you're sharing their partner and that counts for some people that really counts 
Part of the reason why sex script 2 works is because sometimes our sexual desires and actions clash with our upbringing. So we bring up this sex is not sex if the penis does not enter the vagina. So we can mask our guilt and our shame. We can convince ourselves that, well, I didn't break the law. Actually, you did. If you have a law in the first place, by having any form of sex, you're breaking your law, whatever your law and your value is, right? So you want to articulate what your values are and be sure what sex script is guiding you. Now, this takes us to sex script three, fear sex. People who operate with this script are raised to fear sex. It terrifies them and over the years they become negligent or even go to the opposite extremes of lacking sexual control in an attempt to prove that they don't fear sex. Example, if you let a boy touch you, you get pregnant. A boy will waste your life, you will drop out of school. Girls will seduce you and lead you astray. These are many more comments used by teachers, parents around us instill fear in us. This fear, however, never lets us decide why we want to have sex. Do I want to have sex for pleasure? Do I, why do I want to have sex? The inability to decide why we want to have sex will always drive us to have sex when we least expect and we just might end up really frustrated. Because you don't know why you want to have sex or why you don't want to have sex except for the fear they've instilled in you. When sexual temptations in quotes come for you, you're really not prepared. That's why you hear of teenagers who come from conservative backgrounds impregnating someone or getting pregnant because they were never ready. They were never schooled. They didn't know anything. And so when they are in sexual situations, they don't even remember condoms. They don't remember contraceptives. They don't remember anything. They don't even remember STIs. They don't remember what to do to prevent themselves from getting infected or prevent themselves from anything. They don't know. The whole situation comes to them as absolute shock. A friend of ours was telling a story. We have to share your story where people tell our stories. Some of those stories get published, some of them don't. So if you feel like sharing your story, by all means, please send us an email at reachalizaexpress.com and you can check out our stories on the website at www.lizaexpress.com. A friend of ours was telling us a story where one of her school sons had called her and said he impregnated someone. And she was asking him, when did you have sex? When did she call you? Blah, blah, blah. And when she was done tracking and he followed up the case and they took the lady for a test, it turned out she was blackmailing him because she knew he didn't know what to do if that happened. Young girls have found themselves pregnant because a boy said to them, if you don't sleep with me, I'm going to fall sick because all the semen I've been gathering has been staying there. Girls have fallen to that thing. Girls have had sex with boys because someone said to them, if you have sex with a boy, you will stop having menstrual pain. You know why all of those things can work? Because they don't know anything about sex and the only sex script they have is powered by fear. So when they hear sex, they are terrified. If you're a parent listening to me, you want to make sure that you're not passing the wrong message to your kids in an attempt to get them to abstain. And if you're a teenager or a young adult listening to me, you want to make sure you're not carrying the wrong sex scripts and operating by it. During our survey in 2021, one of the respondents told us her mom said to her 
that the boy was a stone and the girl was an egg. If the stone falls on the egg, the egg will crack. So it meant she was fragile and could not misbehave and the boy was licensed to misbehave however he wanted. Now that boy feels like he's licensed and he will go about and misbehave, probably end up becoming a teenage father, getting himself infected, burning his emotional energy trying to maintain relationships, be a sexually abusive person. You know why? Someone encouraged him that he was stoned. And there'll be this lady in one corner of the world who is too afraid to breathe because someone said to her that she was an egg and the stone falls on her, she's going to crack. Now this takes us to sex script four. Sex is pleasurable and life should be pleasurable. People who operate in this are very quick to jump on the next promising sexual expenditure. They are very quick to jump on the next promising sexual adventure. They are always willing to try out something new. They are consistently chasing orgasms and pleasure. To an average person, these people are promiscuous, loose or indisciplined. To them, they are outgoing, adventurous and exciting. These people dress sexy, look sexy, talk sexy. It's not unusual for their every conversation to always revolve back to sex. We all know one or two people who have this sex script, this perception to life. The implication of this script is that they are usually exciting people to be with, but they might not be emotionally invested in a relationship because the next sexually attractive thing is their next goal. If you're in a long-term relationship with this kind of person, it means you are constantly going to have to evolve sexually and this might not be a bad thing in a marriage in a very long-term relationship where you know you have years to be together where you have to evolve however if this is the only sex script available this might become a problem especially if one partner is conservative and one partner has this point of view they are very talkative about their sexuality, their sexual experiences, and their endeavor. They may see everyone else as prude and not experienced. So there's a possibility that people with this sex script tend to see themselves as sexual gods. They tend to see themselves as more sexually educated, more sexually sophisticated than every other person. They would bully everyone at the table, possibly, with their conversations of sex. They will make everyone feel uncomfortable, especially when the people at the table with them are not people who are very sexually vocal. Sexual pleasure can quickly become an addiction for people who tend to run this kind of sex script as it's a major thing they focus on because they are always in search of sexual pleasure there's a possibility that they might invest themselves too much and addiction begins to loom around the corner this takes us to sex script five virginity determines your quality of life and i'm sure we've all met one or two people who have this perception if you're not a virgin you are loose you are promiscuous you don't deserve it some people even say if you keep your virginity you get a good spouse you know why they subscribe to these sex scripts here we find people whose lives are determined by their virginity e.g a virgin is more honorable than a non-virgin even if the non-virgin was raped and so in ancient African culture, we've seen depicted in movies in recent times how on the wedding night, the lady is this virgin and the rapper is brought out to the whole community to see. And if there are blood stains on it, the whole community applauds the parents, particularly the mother of the girl for taking care of the girl, for making sure the girl was not promiscuous. However, there is no such test for the man. 
because obviously there's no proof. The disadvantage of that practice, if someone wants to deal with a girl, there's a possibility all they have to do is rape her. And not only will she feel terrible about herself, she will feel like a lower class of human in that community and the whole community will shame her family for life. By simply raping her, what you've done is taking her whole life away from her because of this sex script. Because that's what the community runs. Again, running this sex script in those days also meant some people didn't understand the kinds of high men that they wear. That sometimes a woman bleeds during her first sex or bleeds after a long time of having intercourse because the partner penetrated her too sharply and she was not lubricated enough. She wasn't mentally ready or it was even a possible abuse. So bloodstains sometimes isn't a proof of hymen busting. It can actually be proof of aggressive sex. And that's something you want to be careful of. The implication of this sex script is sex offenders never get punished. After all, the victim gets the blame. People expect great romantic relationships when all they bring to the table is their virginity. I was at a training once and we're teaching on romance and a few other things, elements of communication, making a relationship work, parenting. And one lady goes, excuse me, do I need all this information since I'm a virgin? I was shocked to my bones. How does your virginity affect your parenting style? How is your virginity a proof that you are someone who has integrity? How is your virginity a proof that you won't cheat on your partner when you get in a relationship? How is your virginity a proof of your learning, of your teachability, that you are teachable, that you learn from other people? How is your virginity a proof that you can raise someone? How is your virginity a proof that you are a humble person? How is your virginity a proof that you have good self-esteem? That you will not intimidate other people, that you will not be a bully. How is your virginity a proof of anything? Your virginity is great. It's great for your relationship. Your partner coming feeling like, oh, it's just to a first no other person. It feels good. That's good. But that's also not all there is to life. That's not all there is to relationships. But people who operate these sex scripts tend to see all of life only through the lenses of hymens and virginities. People disregard other people based on the status of their sex life, even if they are mentally sound. People who run this sex script tend to see anybody who isn't a virgin as promiscuous and undeserving of a good life. When I was growing up, there was this lady on my streets and I just couldn't understand for the life of me why women on the street hated her. She had one of the best walking steps on my street. I can't forget it because every time she walked as a child, I used to just sit outside and just watch her walk. I just used to sit and watch her walk. When she speaks, her English was really good, but people had a problem with her because she had a son who was living with her mom. We never knew that story. I never knew because I was pretty young. I was in primary school, in junior secondary school. We never knew the story whether she was raped, whether she was a teenager who didn't understand the consequences of sex and was taken advantage of. We never knew the whole story. People just had a problem with her because she had a son and she used to dress nice. So they always looked at her like she had a son and she dropped the boy so that she can go be more promiscuous outside. That's how they always looked at her. Because that community I was growing up in operated this sex script. 
And so it's possible that a sex script isn't just operated by a person, but also by a family, by a community, by a religion. And sometimes we have overlapping sex scripts. People stay sexually naive in an attempt to be more appealing when they run this virginity sex script. Virginity determines your quality of life sex script. People don't know anything about sex and so people get married and they have absolutely crappy sex lives because they never prepared for sex and they didn't because they didn't want a situation, especially the women. They didn't want a situation where they were going to talk to a man and the man was going to look at them as promiscuous. The virginity pressure comes on the girl child to present a hymen type she may not have. Not all hymen type break. Some hymen types even open when this person is turned on enough. Some hymen types have holes. Some women don't have hymens. There's a pressure on the girl to present hymens she doesn't have. And so we find women doing all sorts of things sometimes to be tied for a man including putting things that are unhealthy inside their vagina. Sex is presented as a chore under this sex script and not as pleasurable. First sexual experiences are sometimes violent as they search for broken hymen. So I'm going to ask you at this point, what sex script have you noticed? What sex script do you think you operate in? What sex script did your teacher operate? What sex script did your parents operate at this point in your life? When you think of sex, how do you think of sex? Do you think of sex only in terms of virginity or only in terms of the fact that men want it or that sex is all there is to relationship or your virginity is all you bring to the table? Because it's important. Your sex script affects the way you view yourself, affects the worth you think you bring to your relationship. Actually, it affects the worth you bring to the relationship. It affects the way you view your partner and the way you view other people out there. It affects the way you allow other people engage with you. At some point in my work life, I had a boss who was sexually abusive. I remembered sitting in his office one of those days and he was telling me not to get a separate apartment because if I did and I was horny, I was just going to go out and get a man home. Also, I shouldn't get a roommate because if I had a roommate and my roommate was having sex, I was going to feel like having sex. And here I was wondering, why is my boss talking about my sex life? What is your problem with my sex life? And one of those days, he insinuated something about my virginity and I snubbed him. The next thing he would say is, and here he was thinking I was a virgin. Ashe, I'm not even... Baba, what's your problem? You don't know me from Adam. I'm your staff. I'm not your daughter. I'm not your niece. It's not your business. But people feel that opinionated sometimes because of the sex script they operate in. Mind you, this same man ended up trying to force my bra in the office. This same person who was giving me rules and regulation on how to live and how not to live was actually priming me to see how sexually illiterate I was so he could know how to take advantage of me. So it becomes important that you also understand your sex script so that when someone is trying to take advantage of you, you can say, oh, this is where this person is coming from. Oh, stop it. Don't you dare. Don't you dare cross that boundary line. And that's why you must understand the principle of sexual consent. So if you haven't listened to the last podcast, I'm urging you, please go back and listen to it. It's way shorter than this episode. This episode was this detailed because at some point I had to go pick our resource material for sexuality code and read it out to you. So for more content, whether you want videos, you want more podcast sessions that you might have missed, live interviews, please go to our website at www 
lisaexpress.com and also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for more resourceful content. All you need to do is search for Lisa Express C on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. See you next week Monday. Bye.